Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. We have the best weather in the whole country. And yeah, well, I know. Well, maybe the winters are a little too long and the summers are a little too short. But my God, what spectacular summers we're having. Oh, hi. This is Pete Pomisano here on RLTP's Off-Road, the podcast for Buffalo and Western New York. And on this episode, we're going to wrap up our special history series. This year, we're doing the history of spectacular show places around Buffalo, New York. And you're all familiar with the theme music for this summer's special project. And this time, we've got a great one from the Lockport Palace. I mean, I went out there and I talked to Chris Parada, who is their executive director or their artistic director or both. I'm not really even sure at this point. And the lovely Lizzie Schratz, who was just a delight. And the two of them invited me to come and see a show there, which I did. What a spectacular venue they have there and what a great job they've done to make it into this wonderful showplace in the heart of Lockport. And it's meant a tremendous amount of income and a tremendous amount of business for the local people there. So let's not waste any time. Let's start talking to Christopher Parada at the Lockport Palace Theater, here on RLTP's Off-Road. What I was initially saying to you is this reminds me of the Fox Theater in Atlanta. I don't know if you've okay. been there. I've heard That's their of version, of, version of Shays. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it, it is similar... There is a lot Coloring of and so on. There, there's a lot of similarities because you know we're the oldest ones. We were built in 1925. Okay, that was my first question. <laughs> you know, we are the oldest in Western New York. We were built in 1925. Shays was 1926. Yes. In the Riviera with 1926. Yes, it was. But now at the same time, in the 20s, there were trends. There were themes. So the colors are similar. Mm -hmm. Some of my scroll work, my plaster molds on the proscenium. Yes. It's the exact same one at Shays. Mine is just a little bit smaller, I see, I see. but it's it's bowls of fruit. There's apples, there's bananas, there's corn, <laughs> there's, there's fruit. And I think the idea of fruit was fruitful. <laughs> if you look on the ceiling right up here, there's bowls of fruit that were painted. Oh, I see them, yes. So fruit, In the dome there. Yeah, fruit is a theme, but being, you know, it's kind of like houses right now. The trend is open concept, mm. rustic chic. They're all the same. Well, the theaters are the same. So when we were doing this renovation project, we had we had this this company come in and they could melt away Switec Studios. They they could melt away the paint layers, dissolve it away to get to the original. What the original colors were. And then that's how they found the stencil work all on the ceiling. And everything that you see, they found that and they knew, okay, in the same thing, trends that Chances are, if it's here, it's going to be over here because that's how they <laughs> yeah, built and yeah. they painted theaters back in the day. So then they were they were able to to recreate the whole thing. And the plaster work, the, the yep. garland sort of hanging yep. there, and all those are. And up there, I don't know what is up there. Is are there speakers behind there? So this grate and stuff right here. Mm -hmm. So there's an air conditioner up there. There. So there. Okay. So we have. You can access. From under the box seats, you see the silver right there. Yes. So there's some condensers that are up there. Oh. This one, there's nothing up there. It's empty. I see. It's just a hollow, uh -huh. hollow room up there. Okay. So Lizzie was just saying something about the the, big, the restoration that started in 2017. Yep. What was the condition of the place before that? So in 1925, the theater was built, and there was actually three other theaters here in, in Lockport. Okay. So when it was built, it was it was pretty cool. But it was built as a movie theater. It yes? was built as a movie theater. Mm -hmm. John Philip Sousa, you know, had the orchestra here. They did the Ten Commandments. That was that was the opening. It was July 18th, 1925, and from there, it was a shines movie mm -hmm. theater, and that. that's still on the marquee. Yep. Yep. But then what happened in the late 30s is that became a monopoly where they had to 
Shines had to give up some theaters okay. because they were they they owned too many. Okay, they they owned too many. It was in so, but they around kept, across the country. Yeah, yeah across yeah. the country, but they kept the shines on the marquee. You know, they kept that, and it changed hands. Probably was a status symbol of some sort. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it changed hands just a couple of times over the years and went through a. You know, from the 20s to like the 30s, 40s turned into like that Art Deco. Mm-hmm. You know, they went gold and silvers and <laughs> and, and and block letter. You know, it was it sure. was it was very gaudy. Yes. Um, but that's that that's what you could do. And I we noticed that the paint colors inside got darker and darker and darker. Hmm. And one of the reasons we discovered that is part of it was smoking. Yes. You could smoke in a yes. building. Well, why are you going to paint cream, beige, or white walls or ceilings? Right. With all the They're going to turn smoke. black anyway. Yeah, so it kept on getting darker and darker and darker <laughs> and just paint it darker. So it was this dark, almost hunter green um, in here. It was ugly, but it was beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So in the 70s, there was a local developer, Elmer Grancelli, who is well known in the community. Um, him and his wife just recently passed away, you know, the last couple of years here. And they they took it over. Love to buy properties, love to, you know, do things. And I think then realized it's a little bit more work than, you know, I re- than, than he realized to maintain and run. And it was continually in use as a theater, it was. as a movie when, theater? When he took it over, it had sat for a few years. I see. It definitely sat in, in disarray for a few years. You know, we call it a barn. It's a big hollow <laughs> barn of a building. Yeah. And so when he took it over... There were some minor renovations and stuff like that that he did basically just to get it up to code, Mm -hmm. you know, that you could have people in here. Um, So there was the movie screen and everything. Our screen is very large. It's almost like an indoor Mm drive-in. It's that large inside. So he was running it and stuff and, and, and doing a few other things. And then there was a local group of investors. Um, a team of people that came in and there was basically four, four doctors, you know, that they came in and just had a good community mindset. They just wanted to do, do something good. I um, see. You know, their kids were all involved. They were all community minded people or, or lived in the community yep. and wanted to, and wanted to just, you know, okay. Wanted well, a place to flourish. Maybe. Yes. So all of their kids were involved in DeSales Catholic school and they were, they decided let's have their musical here. Let's have their middle school musical here. Hmm. So then they realized, you know, this is kind of fun. Um, you know, they, they... Surprise! Yeah, big surprise. They were like, you know, we could show movies. We could do this. Pop a, pop a VHS in there. Oh, wait, you have to get royalties. You have to apply for this. You have to get licensing yeah. and all of this. So all of that kind of passion, dream, excitement, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kids bring to a lot of things and, and family members, they had this idea of, well, what if we took over the theater? What if, what if we rented the theater from Grancelli, from, mm-hmm. from Elmer, and kind of ran it as like a production company, ran it a little bit better than how they were doing it? Were they thinking of putting live yeah. acts here? Yep. They so were, the, they, what year roughly are we talking about 1999. Here? Okay. 1999. And so they did. They, they built a relationship with a few people, and they did Jesus Christ Superstar and, you know, packed the place. Were they producing it themselves, or yes. was that an outside company? Yep, they were producing it themselves. Producing it themselves. There were mutual friends that were theatrical and stuff. Like, hey, yeah, I was going to ask, where did they get the talent from, and where did they get the people like yourself who could actually have a background in in producing a show, because it's, as you know, yeah, it's, it's very a lot. complicated. <laughs> it is very it's complicated. Not just the, it's what not the just audience, the... what the audience sees, they have no idea. That's that tip of the iceberg it story, is. right? It is. Um, it it just it, it amazes me that they they have this ambition to do it, and as they're going to find out shortly, that there's a lot more to it. There, but there just is. to say, hey, let's start doing live theater on on the stage. It's uh, yeah. So they. They just had, they, there were mutual friends that were interested. They helped direct the shows at the Catholic school, and they're like, okay, well, let's do an adult version. Let's do a public version, and and they did a couple of shows, and it worked out really well. You know, if you think back to you know in the '90s, technology was pretty simple. Sure. With theater, it was there weren't projections, there weren't no. you know LED moving lights, there weren't anything that you have to keep up with the times. There weren't a lot of front lights either. I mean, there was just the border lights it was and maybe pretty, some footlights. And, right, it was know, pretty simple. Yeah. So, you know, you built your scenery, you had your props and your costumes, but it was 
pretty traditional, mm -hmm. you know, of a show. So that was easier to produce because you didn't have to, in a show like Superstar, it's avant-garde. You can do it however you want. Sure. You, you can choose. There wasn't to, the spectacle yes, that there, that there are, is now. Correct. You yeah. didn't need to do that. So then it, it became, uh, you know, a relationship where Grincelli was like, you know what? They presented like, you know, let's buy the building. You could see the interest from the developer. It was like, I bought this, but it, it didn't turn out to what I mm -hmm. wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And you had some a hungry group of, you know, community members that were looking to do something. Now, were they looking at it as a money-making or nonprofit, or was it more of a community theater? In other words, were they, were they paying the actors? Were they paying the producing managers and things like that? The idea was to, you, you, had, you had community members, Jeff and Ellen Schratz were really spearheading this, and they just wanted to do good with the community. Mm -hmm. You know, they saw this, they had the means to help support it and get it off the ground. And so they did, you know, they, they, they weren't necessarily looking at it as a business venture. No, they were like, let's take, instead of this being torn down, <laughs> yeah. let's see what we could do. Yeah. Let's see what we could do. And what was the condition at that point? Was, I mean, was there ever a danger that it might be torn down? Yeah. There was talks of, of a parking lot oh, because, <laughs> you know, look at, so like to renovate a house, to renovate a, a big warehouse. Sometimes it's easier to bulldoze down and build new. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper than to actually renovate. Yeah. And that's where I think that developer was like, you know, but I think you would get a lot of crap from the community if you tore this down. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. so it was kind of like a lose-lose. He wasn't really making any money. He didn't want to sink money into it. You had these hungry community members and a community group that was like, hey, we'll give this a try. <laughs> so there was a, a relationship that, um, that was built there. And one of the things, um, George Fritz, he is the owner of Mills Jewelers here in Lockport and has been a, a community cheerleader for, for the longest time. He is a board member currently here at the mm -hmm. theater. He has been a board member since day one wow. when this all happened. And he wrote a letter and preached to the community and said, if every community member would donate $6, we could save this place. We could buy the place and turn it into the vision, the dream, what we want it to do. Mm -hmm. And so basically within about three months, they raised $350,000. Oh, wow. Bought the building, yeah. put a new roof on. And then it started into the not-for-profit 501c3. Had it been continuing as a movie house throughout this? It was. Or had it been? Yep. Yeah. So there was there was a relationship with the Lockport, um, the drive-in. Yes. The transit drive-in. Mm -hmm. There were movies playing all the time. I remember growing up as a kid, there was, I remember my feet sticking to the floor, you know, and, and in every theater watching the Aristocats on the on there. I remember that. And Are you a Lockport guy originally? I grew up in Medina, Medina, okay. New York. Yeah. So halfway between Buffalo and Rochester. So mm -hmm. if you went to Lockport, it was a big deal. Okay. You know, Medina's full of cows and grass. So, you know, Lockport was a... This was your night on the town. This was a, a special treat. And so I, re I do, I remember coming here and, and stuff. And so from there, it kind of snowballed into this vision, this dream of, since we started this, we, let's just keep going, mm -hmm. keep going to with, with renovations, with different things. And, and again, this is in the 90s, the late... Yeah, so 90s. we're probably looking at maybe like around 2002, 2003 at this point mm -hmm. when it officially turned into a not-for-profit. Wow. So when, I think we're only, we're only 20 years in the past. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And so from there... It started, okay, now we have, there's this building, there's this building, what do we do with it? What do we do with it? Um, you know, it is, you hear the air, condi the air conditioning's on today, yeah. you know, it's hot outside. Sure. So that nice egg bill, that's expensive. I always compare it to the Griswold Christmas where the meter is just spinning and spinning and spinning. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what happens here. So we should shut off some of these. Lights. <laughs> so they're all, everything's LED now, which is <laughs> okay. really good. Yeah. Um, but tenth it, of the cost, but still it was expensive. Yeah. It was expensive. There were plenty of times where we there there was no heat. We turned the heat way down. Sure. You could see your breath because it was just too expensive, yeah. and there wasn't money coming in. So there were little grants here and there that you would apply for, you know, and you might get $10,000 here, $5,000 here, $500 here. The great thing about starting in 1999, you started with nothing. Mm. You started with nothing and you learned throughout all of these years, 
boy, I wish I had this. I wish I had. I wish this. I wish, oh, it would be nice if we had this. It would be different if you were just handed $4 million in 1999 and say, do it. Hmm. Do the renovation. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the same thing. So we took these years of producing movies, producing live shows, doing fundraisers, community events, parades, theater school. We developed all of this throughout the year, these these years, and then when the little grant monies, the, the $500, the $5,000, the maybe a, a $10 or $15, $20,000 random grant happened, mm-hmm. when those kind of ran out, because they were, they, at that time, it's all we felt confident and comfortable going with. We had done little renovations. We were kind of, we were kind of at a static point of where do you go from here? And so then we were like, you know what? It's time to, to try the big stuff. It's time to, to try the big stuff. And that's where essentially 2016 came in, where we were approached by the city to apply for this grant, the state grant. And we were applying for about $2 million. They're like, you know what? Just give your dream. If yes. you had to do it, you put it on paper, everything down to the fixtures, the furnishings, the switching you want, to LED you want a new door, you want this, you want curtains, you name it, put it in there and submit it. And we're like, we're no worse off. If, if we get it, we right, get it. If we right. don't, we don't. So I remember going and we had to present this in Buffalo and it was one of the longest board tables I ever saw. <laughs> You know, and all of these suits were just lining it and we're like, we're all like blotting ourselves because we're sweating and thinking, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And then we realized and remembered why we were there because we started this project so long ago. I've been here for 18 years. I've watched that $500. When I got that $500, you were so appreciative of that. You were, you were literally hugging and kissing that person. You were just thankful. Thank you for that $500. Thank you for $25. Mm-hmm. So when we got to this point where we were presenting for this, we believed our story. We believed what this building could, meant, be. could be, what it has already shown to the community, to all the little girls you know, doing their dance recitals up there, the, the elementary schools, the middle schools doing their musicals up there. You saw what it did. And so we present. Can I just ask you a quick question? Yeah. Just go back just a little bit. You said you've been here for 18 years, but mm-hmm. when they first that first 300,000 came in that you talked about, the guy said if everybody yeah yeah, yeah. just kicked in six yep. bucks, the first thing they did was buy the building and yep. fix the roof. Yep. In order of priorities, what did they say? Okay, the first thing now we have to do is we need to fix this or we need to do this. It obviously the restoration that's since been done to make it sure. the gorgeous that thing it is. But at the time, what were their priorities that we we, there, we better do this first? There were heating there were, and cooling maybe? Or? Yeah, there were some safety things. Mm-hmm. You know, backstage kind of looked like a hoarding house. You know, there was just it, it looked like that's the barricade from Lambert's look like. Yeah. You know, it, you didn't throw anything out. Every nook and cranny, we put the props here. Yeah, got an extra costume, put it over there. Yeah. So you had to clear that out and make that safe. I see. There was, you know, with any theater or a movie theater, where do you make money mm-hmm. in the concessions? Okay, right. So you make money there. So we had to get that up. You know, that had to get cleaned up, mm-hmm. ready to go. So the lobby in the concession yep. area, getting make it more, that kind more of stuff up to code. Also, then realizing. Well, what do people like to do at events? They like to drink beer mm. or wine. So getting a tavern's license. Yep. We have a tavern's license to be able to serve malted things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a big hit um, to try to make money. Sir, and who was leading this? In other words, who was who was saying there was a board of directors? A bunch of you sitting another another long table sitting around. Yeah, there sitting. was a, there were there was a board of directors of community members that just wanted wanted to be here and believed in the building. And Ellen Schratz, who was one of the original ones from the beginning, she was the president and she still is currently the president. Mm-hmm. And she is here almost every day, still seeing this from 1999 till today. And in what capacity did you did you first start here? So just as a volunteer? I auditioned for a show. Okay, it was there Fiddler on the Roof. And I played Model the Tailor. <laughs> and that was in the summer. It was our summer show. I think it was I think it was two thousand three. And 
2002, yeah, 2003. And then we were at a cast party and I was talking with Ellen and I was like, you know, I was young and hungry. And I was like, she's like, you know what? I got this Christmas show that this local guy sent me the script and everything. And I was like, you know, wanting to direct and, and try. So she's like, here, try it out. So I get this book and it's all music. There's literally no stage directions. There's nothing. And I was like, gosh, what did I get myself into? And this year we'll be producing Scrooge the Musical for the 17th year. <laughs> and so we do the show every year now. That's wonderful. And so from there, her and I just built this relationship and we balance each other because I do the creative, she does the business mm-hmm. and we collaborate on that and we've built this team and, you know, the rest is history type oh, of thing. Great. In, All right, so let's go back to the restoration. So now yeah. you go, you're at this really long table of yep. guys, and you're asking for money. Yep. Uh, take it from there. And so they say, so we presented. We're like, we want two million dollars, you know. And we had all the paperwork. We, I brought the mayor from, you know, at the time, and, and and they were with us and everything. And they're like, okay, they had a bunch of questions, and we could answer them, and everything was good. And so we left, and you know, we didn't hear anything for a little while, which is expected, sure. you know, with grants and foundations. And so we then. We got a letter, we got a call, and they're like, okay, well, we will give you $423,000 when you raise $2.1 million. Wow. And we're like, okay, so 423, holy crap, that's a lot of money. I've never <laughs> had that. We've had little bits of money sure. for a specific project. So, But that's why you went in asking for two. What we're good at <laughs> yeah. is challenging the community. You remember back to the $6 thing. Yep, yep. We built that reputation with this community in the surrounding areas in Western New York to believe in this. We never asked for money to, we never begged. We never were greedy with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. We kept our concession sales, like popcorn was $2. A drink was a dollar. Mm-hmm. We made it very family friendly. Sure. So we didn't alienate anybody. You know, it was, it was a community thing. So plus they could see where their money was going. They could. Every dollar that we brought in here literally went back to it into the building and they could they could see over the years, you know that we did that. So that's where our whole act to campaign was created. It was born where we're like, okay, we got to come up with 2 million dollars to receive the 423,000. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And so we just literally started brainstorming of doing these certain events, doing certain fundraisers and things. There's also a method to this that if the state is going to give us this, that becomes attractive to other foundations. If the state and everything is believing in us and believing in our story. Other other big philanthropic organizations. And so I have a promise, you know, letter saying we're going to do this. And so we could start to prove to the Oshai Foundation, mm-hmm. the Cullen Foundation, the, the Greg Lewis Foundation, these different things that they're all believing in us, so they believe in us too. I see. And so that's where it started, where then you're getting $500,000, $600,000, you're getting $142,000. All of these monies are coming in. Well, Christopher, did you have a fundraising person who understood all of this? Because you're telling me stuff that in a million years, I wouldn't know. I mean, as you're telling me, it makes perfect sense, but I wouldn't have known any of this. Who who were your leaders in fundraising? Because it seems to me like even that itself is a big job. The board. And it was that simple. We didn't hire anybody to come in. Were they learning this on the fly themselves? We had the board. Or were there business people on the board? There were board members that were well-versed in fundraising. You know, so like everybody has their, their time and talents, what they're good at. So some board members could write a check. Mm-hmm. Some board members could volunteer every single night, and that's what they were good at. Others had run successful campaigns. So we took every the board, their expertise, where they were strong at, and what how they wanted to get involved, and we just started creating it. That's wonderful. And some things worked, some things didn't work, sure. and some things worked way better than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> but because, again, remember, if we were just given the $4 million, we wouldn't have done this. No. We had to prove over the years that the community deserves it. And that's where I say, though, I wish this, I wish we had this, I wish we had that. That's what we could start asking for now. Mm-hmm. So when all of these dance recitals are in here and... And mothers and fathers see this beautiful facility And they're like, well. we, need, we need dressing rooms. We yes. need, these kids need to get dressed and stuff like that. We need to renovate the dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. 
the community knows that because they've been here. Right. So when I'm putting this in the paperwork and asking these foundations and asking the community members to support these fundraising efforts for this, they're like, yep, they do need dressing rooms because my little Sally has nowhere to get dressed. Yes, yes. They believe it. So it worked. Yeah. So they don't mind donating to that and being part of that. Is there a lot of other community activity on this stage aside from dance studios and so on? You name it. Do, do, but they do like high school graduations or anything? or You or? name it, we do it, truthfully. Out of you know 365 days in a year, 350 were booked every single day wow. with something. It might not be public. Mm -hmm. So I might have some stuff going on in here. For example, I have dance recitals from May 1st to June 29th. Okay. Multiple. So I have, a, I have a studio coming in Sunday. I have two studios sharing a week next week. So they rent the theater. They produce their show. Sure. I now have the, so I have, I have 12 different dance studios here during the recitals from all over Western New York, from Getzville, Williamsville, Orchard Park. They're from all over no coming kidding. here. That's where COVID was a blessing for us mm. because traditionally we had four studios, four studios here, but all of these dance studios had no place to go during right, COVID right. because if they went to UB, if they went to Buff State, if they went to Sweet Home High School, outside groups weren't allowed to go in. Mm. So I'm a private business. I'll bring you in. Mm -hmm. So we, we gained all of these studios. They love these little girls think that they're in New York City. Oh, you know, they're on Broadway. They get to do that. They get to see that and be, and be part of that. How spectacular. So I get to tell my story to all of these people that have never been here before. Yes. And, and then they're like, oh, I can grab a beer. I can get popcorn <laughs> and I can have Twizzlers and I watch my kid. Yeah. So I, I say this all the time to the community and the surrounding areas that because of us, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I have 800, 900, sometimes 1,000 people in here. What are they going to do? They're going to go to dinner. They're going to go get a drink. Right. They're going to stop at the store and get gas or get ice cream, mm -hmm. pick up bread for lunches the next day. So because of us, we stimulate the community. We bring that in, and you start to see other businesses start to pop up. Because we have proven that throughout all of these years that we're not going anywhere. We have a solid reputation and we just continue to grow and grow and grow. That was actually my, like my second last question to ask you. You've already given me that answer of the economic mm -hmm. uh, impact of saving this building, the economic impact on the community. Yep. And, and, and we've uh, all right. I know well, we jump around. Well, and, no, that's and, my fault. And you'll, I, you'll I, edit that in. No, <laughs> oh, no, I, it's free flowing. We're doing, yeah. we're doing just fine. So the last uh, actual part we were talking about restoration, mm -hmm. from the things that were necessary yep. to be, to be completed to actually completing the repainting and the restoration of all of the, I mean, the little details and everything, and the the, the freeze on the ceiling and the dome and everything. When did that get accomplished? And Sure. Over what length of time? And again, what were the priorities? What did you do first? So we, we we started this campaign, you know, applying for this money in 2016. 2017 is when we we started really organizing it and figuring out what we needed to do. During the time, the plaster was falling off the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, in the upper balcony there, there were holes. Yeah, you saw yeah. the lift, the lattice work. Yeah. We would we would chip away it. So in you know just kind of patch it, mm -hmm. and that actually looked good because it showed we needed support. Yes. If we would have patched it all up perfectly or lipstick on a pig type of thing to make it work, yes. it actually worked to our benefit that it was ugly. Yes. There were some ugly moments here. Mm -hmm. Some of the biggest things that we needed to do was the paint and the plaster. That was a huge thing. You see these squares on the, these walls, these rectangles and stuff. Mm -hmm. They were full of, it was the wall, then it was batting, chicken wire, yes. batting, and then fabric for acoustics. Oh. For movies, which it's different now. The speakers that you see here now, yes. you don't need that anymore. No. The way that things are designed, you don't need that. It was falling off. It was disgusting. It was ripped and tattered, and, and it was gross. We needed to address that. We needed to do the paint, the plaster, the walls, and fix all of that stuff. But before we could do any of that, one of the very, very, very first projects that we did is we had to point the exterior of the building. Oh. Seal. The brickwork. So, so no moisture was going to come in. Because there's no point in doing all of this mm -hmm. if water's coming in. Yes. So that was actually even before we applied in that 2016, we had done that. 
we we had found a grand and raised money because water was coming in. It was moist. It was there was there was there was <laughs> water. plenty of leakage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, 1925, an old building. <laughs> so we that was our very first thing. And so once that dried out over all of those years, we knew we were ready to go. Yeah. We assembled a team of construction people, art restoration people, to come in and let's talk. Let's just talk. It's, these are not community people. These are professionals. These, these are professionals. Who, yes. Who professionals who specialize. This, this is what they do. Because we don't know what we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I could tell you what I want it to look like. Sure. But functionality-wise. Well, I just didn't know maybe you had people in the town who said, yeah, oh, I'm a plaster guy. My uncle can do painting. That kind of we, oh, oh, we did. Oh, you did oh, that Oh, you, you know, and it's, you know, thank you so much. We will, we'll give that a thought. Mm-hmm. We'll get, you know, you definitely don't want to turn it away or no. not act appreciative, but. This is specialized. specialized it work, was. Though. So Switech Studios, um, Brett Switech and his team, um, they did, they've done stuff at Shays and the Basilica and like big Catholic churches and all this kind of stuff. That's what they specialize in. They're, they're, it's a Polish based company. They're just a family owned company. And he came in and I said, you know, we were like, Brett, tell us our story. And we spent months, months looking at this and deciding because, I mean, you could have painted this modern. Yes. You could have. So you look at this big mural right here. Yes. And do you see to the right, it looks like a castle in the background. Yes. And then you see the guy playing the lute, the guitar. Yes. All of that was covered up in paint. It was orange. Because remember, they were going darker because yes, of the smoke. Yes, because of the smoke. So they set up this scaffolding and everything in here. It looked literally looked like the inside of a roller coaster. There was so much metal <laughs> in this building. And so that's where they're dissolving away. And they're melting away. And he's like, guys, there's a hand. There's, I see something a, underneath there. And so they started. And that's where they uncovered so much of this mural that wasn't there before. Just uh, by cleaning and, and removing paint layers. Yes. And, but you had to have a specialized professional company course, yeah. to know how to do this. You look up here at the dome and you see all of that. There was actually brown velvet fabric that was tufted. Yeah. That was there I can for, picture it. forever. Mm-hmm. Filled with smoke. It, when we brown touched it, it was like basically disintegrated. <laughs> yeah. They took it down and that's what was there. It's all I was gold just going to ask you, how many other surprises were there? This was a surprise. That all was they had surprise. to do was wash it. They didn't do anything up there. They didn't have to paint anything. That's all gold leaf. We joke that we would just melt the ceiling down to pay for it. <laughs> so that's where it was really exciting. That it was like, okay, we really do. We already loved the place. Oh, sure. We, we already were, you know, passionate about it, but it's like, it just was coming true now. Yes. You know, um, what you truly believed what was here. So we, were, we, we did the paint and plaster. The seats were bad. The seats were bad. The mm-hmm. seats were used. They were put in used in the 70s. Okay. And they weren't changed. You were sitting on springs. You were sitting on... Like that old-fashioned pl- sort of leathery, plastic sort It was of... fabric. Oh, it fabric. was fabric, yeah. but there, it, it was... It, they were gross. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, but they're expensive. Each one of these new seats right now is about $400. Wow. You know, that goes with just the times. Sure. You know, obviously you buy in bulk. It's a little bit of yeah, a different... Yeah you know, package deal. So we knew we had to do the paint and the plaster. We had to do the seats. We needed to do, what's the first thing? I say this all the time. It's all about the experience. From the time you park your car, you walk up, you see the show posters on the side of the building. You turn the corner, you see the marquee, you see the poster cases. You walk in, you're greeted with the box office, the will call. You smell the popcorn. Mm -hmm. You walk in, you know Oh, there's the concession. There's the bar. There's the restroom. Here's the aisles. I can come down. We had to create that experience. We had to create that navigation from the person that's never been here before mm-hmm. to park their car and create that. So that was that was another. That was actually one of the first projects that we did because it was smaller. We could do the outer lobby. We could do the concession stand. First impressions again. Yes, it, it was first impressions. We could do that. Because then I know if I got you in here, you're already going to love the place. Oh, yeah. And then when you see the, the plaster falling, you're going to write a check. <laughs> so there's a method to all of this. So it was the paint, the plaster, the seats, the outer lobby, the concession stand, um, and then some of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the electrical, the heating, air conditioning, roofing, different, you know, different. There's like three different roofs here, mm. things like that. And then one of the one of the things... That was always the, never mind, we'll, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. 
the stage. Yeah. Where's your money? Where's your bread and butter? It's right here. Right. This is what people are coming to see. But it's not what people... Correct. The, it's the stuff behind the scenes that they don't see that takes all of the If we get creative catch. with our shows, what you as an audience member don't know, it's not going to hurt you. Right. right. We had the old sandbag waiting sure system. Did. The pin the rail, pin rail system, yeah. That's what we had. Our so, lights in the, the, the... Yeah. We had the footlights in the, in the, you know, in the stage. Everything, it was... Um, and everything was incandescent, so you could smell it burning. <laughs> you, you know, the fabric, or if you used confetti, mm -hmm. you know, you could, you could. We knew we needed to do. Still that. running films, by the way. Still running films. Okay. Yep, absolutely. During that time, right before we kind of got into this, I forget exactly what year, but everything went digital. Right. Film strip became a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to get the canisters, the cases where they sure. would drop off the film and you'd have to put it on the platter system and it would go from one disc to another disc. But now you need the digital projection system. That was $80,000. And we're like, well, where are we going to get this? So we did a campaign and called it Project Projector. And we asked everybody for five bucks. And in a month, we raised it. That's so smart, though. So Rather than saying we need this, this five bucks here, six bucks there. And that's why we knew that those couple of campaigns of, of matching grants worked that when they said, you need to raise this, we got this yeah. because we built that reputation with the community that I'm only asking for what I really need. Mm -hmm. I'm not being greedy. And oh saying, yeah. You're not squandering. The, yeah. No, I just, this is what we need. Or here's an event that you can partake in. That's going to help support this project. So we did act two over a couple of years because I couldn't be closed forever because time is money. Sure. I needed to make money. So we would close for like August, September, October. We did that for a couple of years and we did a project. So we would do the whole outer lobby. We would do the paint and plaster because I can't show anything when all the scaffolding, scaffolding is set up. Sure. So we would do that. And then we would do a, a fundraising opening night, you know, sell tickets, do a cash raffle, do something and let people see what we just completed. Mm. And it was always very, very flashy, which was great. And then COVID hit. It hit the world. And what capacity were you at this point? It, 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 we what, were we were it right in the middle of it. No, no. You, you personally, what was your title at that point? Or were you just, executive director. Executive director. Okay. Yeah. And when did that actually happen? Because before that, you were just part of the board, and then... then I was never part of the board. I, oh. I, I was a performer, and then I just started working here in a capacity with Ellen doing things. And I, I mean, I've been executive director for probably almost 15 years. Okay, so yeah, that's fine. I, yeah. I, just yeah. at a certain point, we I think we sort of just jumped over the fact that... I know. <laughs> no, but I mean, that now you are... You keep saying my place, and my our this, and our that, and all of a sudden, I'm realizing... Well, wait a minute. You, right. you, you must be somebody of some importance now. A little uh, bit, but we, yeah. you know, you know, you're not just an uh, actor or a director. You, you've got some. It's our baby. Yeah. You know, and so when COVID hit, we were like, "What do we do?" We were the first. You know, the yeah, entertainment sure world was the first to, to shut go. down. Yeah. And we were the last to reopen. And, and we're so, still suffering closings. And so. Constantly. I, I mean, Buffalo right now, shows are closing all the time yep. and postponed and this or that because yep. of I'm getting ready to produce a summer show. We're, st we're doing 42nd Street here. And just this morning, I'm like, we need to have full understudies because I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not closing. So I need someone to go on and be Peggy Sawyer if that's what we need to do. So COVID hit. And so that would have been March, February, March. of the, yep. And so we went through. Everybody was laid off. Because there was no point. I mean, literally, the world was, was closed. No, you didn't need a box office girl. You certainly we didn't, didn't need, need a... any, nothing. Nothing was happening, and so I was laid off. Which sounds scary. It wasn't, but it was just a normal thing. We just we closed from mm -hmm. probably March, and then I came back around in August. We were still doing things, you know. I mean, we're still here, and we're still. But then we were like, okay, we need to start getting creative of how we can do virtual stuff how we can do whatever. We need to start making some freaking money. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we need to we yeah. need to figure it out. The dance studios are not... Nobody could come in. Nobody could come in. Right? Nobody could come in. Um, I can't show a movie. No one's even making movies. Right. There, there was nothing going on. Every possible method of income, generating yeah. income, was uh, was closed to you. So the good thing is, is that fall, we had already earmarked money for that particular renovation that we were going to do that summer. So we did that. And then it was right around Christmas, I called Ellen and I said... Let's finish it. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we have to be closed. 
There, we, we have, let's just finish it. Right. Let's finish it now. Now's the time. Let's nope, do nobody's it. in there. Yeah. Well, where are we going to get the money? I don't know. We'll find it. Yeah. We'll find it. And so we did. And then we opened basically one year ago, May 1st. <laughs> so we went from Christmas till May 1st. And I will tell you, two days before we opened, all of these cup holders were being installed. <laughs> when I mean, the paint was still wet on certain things. So that's where we did the whole orchestra pit. We did all of the seats. We did the rigging, all of the, uh, when I, I'll take it right. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll, we did we'll everything back there. We did everything on our list, 100% and checked it all off. Everything got done. So what I'm looking at now is a finished product that's only been finished for less than a year? May 1st, so one year. Yeah. One year. Wow. And you look back and there was a moment, it was just a day before, because we were doing one of those cash raffles. We were doing in a, in a, a ribbon cutting and stuff because this was, you know, this was it to an extent. And we were sitting just like this and it was quiet. And everyone's face, like it was board members. We were here just finishing polishing and doing stuff. And it was the most surreal moment because 20 years ago, there's no heat. Yeah. There was, there, there was nothing. And here you are, you did it. Yeah. And you did it because you love the place. You didn't do it because you were just handed money from the state and say, go do this, go do this. You learned what you needed. You listened to your community. You listened to everybody. And we, and we just collaborated as a team and we did it. And are we done? Of course not. Oh, we're never done. You're no. never done. You know, but you, now you're, you know, your, your Lockport Palace is a literal, it's a palace. We are educated of, of what I say right now, this whole year, you know, that we've been open is you just got to live in it, live in it for a minute. You know, it's just like your house. So you can renovate your kitchen, but let's you know, enjoy it a little bit now. Yeah. And see, you know what? I do need to put that door there. I do. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, I mean, cause we did a lot all of a sudden it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it was, it was such a drastic change. So we're like, we need to just live in it. We need to just embrace this and see, oh, somebody trips over there. We need to, you know, like add that. a light over yeah, there. Like we need philosophy. to do that. And that is an exciting thing to then be able to take where we are and elevate it even more like what we did in 1999 mm -hmm. is you, you learned from these renovations, what can we do a little bit more? How can we enhance that? And, you know, going forward, it's also the, how do you maintain it? You know, we pointed the bricks mm -hmm. almost 15 years ago. We need to start doing that again. Mm. You know, we have a new brand new epoxy floor on this. Western New York has a lot of salt, mm -hmm. you know, on your boots when you're yep. here. So do we need to redo the floor? Yeah. And, and how much is that going to cost? So we can future plan, budget that, develop that, and get campaigns and stuff like that going to know what is it going to cost annually to maintain this, to keep this going. One of the things I think we're most proud of from the, from the history of this turning into a not-for-profit and everything, we got money, foundations, and in, in, in the state for the renovations. We've never needed to take a dollar to support the place. Mm. We've done that by ticket sales and concession sales to keep the doors open. And rental yep. of the building. Absolutely. Of the, yeah. So you do that. So you it's not like I'm relying that I can only stay open if the state pays me this money. Mm -hmm. We do it by the programming. And if we're like, you know what, how are we going to do this? We add something. You add a program. You design a lecture series. You design, you know, a concert series. You design, you design something. Why? Because we can. And that's where we just, I don't know, you don't look, this isn't a nine to five. You know, this isn't a Monday through Friday job. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be. It's not what you want it to be. You know, you're constantly thinking of, well, how do we do this? How do we oh, we can bring this person in. Well, let's do this. And that's done at six o'clock. So then if we clean by eight o'clock, we can do this and be ready to go for tomorrow. You're not limiting, limited to anything. You don't have a mission statement that says we're only doing live theater and we're only doing musicals from the Busby Berkeley era or whatever. No, you're only, you're wide open to do anything creatively I, that you, anything we want. I could have, you know, Mike Randall is Mark Twain here doing that one night. And then I'm doing hairspray the next night. <laughs> You know, and then we're doing, you know, an Erie Canal lecture series and I've had funerals here. Wow. You know, and I've, I've had weddings here mm -hmm. or I've had private meetings here where they're doing a PowerPoint presentation and they just want, you know, like Leadership Niagara, yes. you know, things like that. Or then I'm giving a tour to the Boy Scout groups and the mm -hmm. Girl Scouts. Or then we have, you know, Santa on stage and the Easter Bunny and, and we're doing that with, with the community. And then I have... Always, you know, and that's the exciting part that it doesn't get boring, but we 
offer this programming and we offer these rentals at a very affordable, but business, it is a business. Sure. We need to, we need to do that. And it's, as we said before, the, the maintenance costs it are, is. Are from the electricity and the air conditioning. You know, heating. you take COVID right now, it's expensive. I mean, all of our, so we built, you know, a piece of plywood used to be oh, yeah. $10, $12. It, you know, it more than double. It, it, sometimes it, during COVID, it was $75. Yeah. And so you're trying to build a set or build renovations. It was like, that's where it went from $2 million to $4 million <laughs> because it was right. expensive with costs and it was just being smart. So if we were doing a project and we're like, you know what, guys, the floor is open. We need to replace this electrical. We need to do this. Let's just do this all now. Let's do it now. Add yeah, this yeah. into the budget. Add this in there. None of it was like, oh, just bells and whistles. And, and you know, it was just smart, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what you needed to do. So do you have a dream of what you'd like to see in the future? In other words, I try to look at it as here's what our next steps are. And then here's what our dream is. Do you have something even further than that, that in the future you'd like to see happen? Uh, here, let me put it this way. Number one, mm-hmm. what are your next steps? What are your both programming and in terms of restoration? And number two, if you had all the money you needed, yeah. what would you really have a dream project? We just had a meeting the other day about our future planning, you know, where we said, what do you want to see? Mm-hmm. Some dream things. I would love to be able to buy the building behind us and then maybe blow out the Expand back wall, the back. Yeah. you know, make that bigger. We currently rent that space as our scene shop. So uh-huh. all of our sets and everything are now built there instead of on stage yes. where it's dusty and all of that kind of stuff. And then you're trying to share the space. So we do that. I'd love to, to buy that have either a small little black box or another rehearsal space mm. and then build a second story on it where it could be like a rehearsal summer, hall. summer stock housing. Oh, sure. You know, you have a living quarters for, for, for different things. The side of the building right over here, we'd love to bump that out, put another women's bathroom. Different. Always the women's bathroom. Yeah, always, you know, they're you, always too, too, too small. small. Um, things like that. And I think... You know, when, when you think of the future, like, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be is just to we're here and we're not going anywhere. You know, embrace the quality of what we have. One of the largest houses in Western New York. Our park doesn't do shows anymore. Right. You know, they, their concerts are, are booming and that's great. They don't do a main stage show anymore. Shays is a touring house. Right. Where else is there a big house? Right. That's You're where, a producing house. We're a producing and, house. And that's, you know, that's, so that's for where, the size theater. That's you know, amazing. I, I talk with friends that come down here. You need, I t- take like, you know, Bobby Cook, Lisa Ludwig, you know, they, <laughs> they come down here and do shows because they want to play in a big house. Yeah. It's different when you're playing in a smaller setting that might only seat a couple hundred seats where when you can play to eight, 900 people, you know, it's in your blood. Oh, yeah. You know I that know feeling. So to hear that applause of 800 people, people come down because they want to perform mm-hmm. in it and they mm-hmm. want to feel that. I want to embrace that more. I want to embrace that in the Western New York community, Niagara County, Erie County, Orleans County, of just be able to give that opportunity, you know, to, to performers. And also, I grew up in a small little town. The more that we can offer for the youth, too, and with our youth theater school and programming and stuff, sports might not be for everybody. I ran track and cost crunchy and I loved it. You know, I'm a, I, I, I did hurdles and I was tall and I, and it was great. But the arts, look at culture and society right now. Kids need an outlet of some sort. Yes. We can be that. Let's be that. Let's embrace that. If a kid wants to come here and learn tech and learn, learn about sound or lighting or something, who, who am I to, to say no? Let's mm-hmm. do that. Let's, let's embrace, let's, let's design a program with that. I see. Let's go further with that. Um, More than a summer program. Yeah, you, let's you do know, a year-round. I year don't know. Yeah. You know, anything is is possible. And that's where, can I run every program myself? No. I used to think I could. <laughs> you know, but as you get older, it's it's not, and you shouldn't. So that's where you start to learn and build relationships. We do a, a podcast and a story like this. Someone is going to listen and be like, you know what? I'd love to do something out there. Mm-hmm. I just never, I didn't realize it existed. Right. The more that we can get our story out there of what this is, what it was, and where we want to go, you start to create this beautiful programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the stuff, as you said, sports isn't for everybody. And there yeah. was, you know, you're, you're on stage, you're showing kids how to use a hammer. Yeah. Uh, how to use a, 
a screwdriver. Those are the things they remember. You and I doing this interview right now, we're comfortable mm-hmm. talking together, public speaking. Yeah, public Where did you learn that? Yeah. You learned that in the arts, in the theater. Yes, sir. And it doesn't even have to be performance. Maybe you want to go into politics. Right. Maybe you want to be a teacher. Maybe you want to do something, your job, where you have to present. Where do you learn that? You learn those skills in the theater. I taught a speech and theater class. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I would, I would force them to do a little, little acting. And they would all say, oh, I don't, I don't want to be an actor. I, I'm can't, I can't act. Sure. I said, listen. Number one, you act every day of your life. You do. Every day of your life, you (laughs) act differently with your parents than you act with your friends. You Mm -hmm. act differently with one girlfriend than you act with a different girlfriend. You act differently with a different set of friends. So don't tell me you don't act. And you learn how to act, and then you'll know how to act in an interview. You know how to act on a job, you know, a Mm -hmm. different job. It doesn't have to be even politics or lawyering or anything like that. It's just that you act. You probably know this. How did you get your job? I got my job by acting like I knew what I was talking about. Absolutely. I was like, sure, I'll direct the show. I've never directed a show before in my life. But I was like, I'm going to sell you that. That's right. Hold my beer. Watch me as I do this. I can act like I can. And that's the confidence. Mm-hmm. That's the confidence. And, you know, I say with, with theater school or these shows all the time, it doesn't have to be center stage, spotlight on you. There are so many things. And, and you want to make, make money. There's money in this business. If you want to learn tech, you want to learn, you know, get in the union and do stage crew and learn all of that kind of stuff. You're guaranteed work all the time. I was just going to say, that's where you're going to get a job, not on the stage. No, guaranteed work. (laughs) And so if you want to do that, and so we we just recently were doing a a lecture series, um, and I had um, like Sean Ryan. He came down and was was speaking about, you know, his tour life and everything. And I had a bunch of students in the audience that that needed to hear from a youth, a young guy Mm -hmm. that is from here telling them about auditioning, how to audition and stuff like that. But they needed to hear it from a source, mm-hmm. you know, that, that has gone and done all of these, these, these national yep. tours and stuff. And it was so rewarding on his end and for the student's end that they got to experience that. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. If we can touch one kid and get them to go into the arts and do that and be, be part of that, then we've done our job. Absolutely. We've done our job. And it started with a team of people that just had a vision of, you know, let's let's play theater, let's show some movies, let's let our kids be in a show for their Catholic school, middle school, and, and do that, transformed into a $4 million renovation. We produce these shows where we pay all of our actors, all of our pit members, our staff members. We are bringing in all of our corporate sponsors. We're, we're doing all of this unique programming right here in your backyard. And everything in your shows, everything is produced by you, the, the costumes, the yep. sets, everything. You're doing it all in-house. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, we... I mean, do, everybody rents some costumes here and there. Exactly. Like, but, I'm doing Shrek next year. Mm-hmm. I'm not building all the no. Shrek costumes, because I'm never going to need it. No. I mean, and they're pretty, they're beautiful from these rental companies now. Sure. So, like, yeah, I'll go spend that for that. 42nd Street, you know, we're, we're building all the costumes. I have a whole, I have a scene shop upstairs with, with a costume room. I have a scenic shop across the hall here. You have, you have in-house designers and so yeah. on? You have a set designer, light, yeah. lighting designer, and sound girl. And we just come together as a team, and we've been together for a while. So you know, okay, I can only go 12 feet here, 16 feet here, <laughs> and we're only at depth about 24 feet here. Yeah, yeah. You know that. Yes. You know, like, and, and you should. I don't do a lot of rentals for other theater companies that come in. People have asked, because we have our own in-house production company, I don't, we'll do a couple of schools, mm-hmm. but part of it is, you know, anybody thinks they can produce a show, mm-hmm. you know? So let's say you want to come in and, and, and X, Y, and Z theater company wants to come in and rent the theater and then they produce something and it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the community going to remember right. that they saw something at the, right. that show and they're just going to associate it with the palace theater. So I, if I can't trust you on that, so we don't, we don't do that. That's okay. Then that was going to be actually my last question. It was going to be, do you have other theater companies coming in to use the space? And you've answered that. Now we have a brand new space. If let's say you wanted to come to me and say, you know what, let's collab on a show. What do you got? Let's talk about mm-hmm. this. If I think through my years of knowing this and, and, and being here, we can come up with a great collaboration together. Sure. Now, that is different because we would be locally producing something. Right. If Beatlemania, if the Nutcracker Moscow Ballet 
as a rental, they can come in here. Sure. We, we rent that kind of stuff. So like if it's a touring show mm-hmm. type of thing, they will be here. I am very open to collabing and working with other theater companies. And don't we all have to work together? Sure. We all have to share ideas and, and do stuff. I'm very open to that because we have a standard here. And I want to allow you and your team to produce something big. Mm-hmm. But let's do it together because I can probably tell you a couple little tricks that I know is going to work here. As a collaborating producer, you have your hands on on what's happening. Right. You have to. Right. And I understand completely that you, you wouldn't want to just turn over the keys to somebody and say, you take the car and drive it. Right. Yeah. You know, I never say no. You know, everything is a possibility. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And we're allowed to do that. So. So now we walk around a little and start the tour. Let's start here. This was a big project. The pit. The pit. We dug it out. Underneath here, the gold grates in front of here, those are the subwoofers. Um, so you see the speakers behind here? Wow. Right here. Look at that pit. That's beautiful. The center part is a hydraulic lift. Oh, it is. Wow. So that's how I can get all the instruments from the stage down to the area. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... Was that the most recent? This was this was done in the, in the final phase. It was the orchestra pit, the stage, the seats... Because they had to dig out this concrete, and they had to dig out this concrete for the floor and everything, so we kind of did that all together. I see. So I'm 6'2", I'm tall. So back in the day, in the 70s, every other row of seats was taken out. No kidding. And I still have 1,100 seats in the building. (laughs) So what we did, when we put the new seats in, we brought them a little bit closer together, but... I'm very comfortable. Oh, there's a ton of legroom. You know, when you're at Shays, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. It's awful. I mean, it's not comfortable. Ever sat in a balcony in like the first or second row? How big were people in the 1820s, 1925? (laughs) So we we kept the legroom, which is great. People appreciate this. They they, they love this. Mm -hmm. To the best of your knowledge, this is all original coloring, what it would have been. Yes. 100%. This is exactly what it looked like in 1925. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is the scroll work I was talking that Shays has. They have this exact style. This is where it's fruit. I see. It's all of these pieces of, I see of it, fruit. Yeah. Shays is it's about this big. It's like twelve inches. Yes. This we just have a smaller one. But it's the exact same mold. Isn't that interesting? So on stage, you know, your wing space. You got a got, lot of nice wing space. Yeah. Gutted, gutted all this out. Um, this is where we added the whole brand new loft system. Mm-hmm. So over here was stage right was the pin rail system that was on the floor. Oh, okay. So we, we well, put up this there, yeah. up on a second story loft because then you have the, the other one way up there where you, you know, do your counterweight system and everything like mm-hmm. that. So this gets it off the ground. Yes. Now I have even more room, more wing space, yeah, which yeah. is great. So where you have the psych, then it's a solid wall. So you have a crossover here. Oh, nice. Okay. So quick changes, mm-hmm. costume changes. Perfect, yeah. But if you run across this, you're not going to see this. <laughs> you're right. You know. This is the building I'm talking about. Oh, I see. So you're right behind the building. My set team is here. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we build everything. I see. Is right over here. So 42nd Street, all the dimes. Yeah. You know, every... <laughs> Ready to go, yeah. So we, we just took this space over in March. Mm-hmm. So this is where we build everything, yep. store everything. So we have all of this space now. They build stuff. Everything's painted here. You know, we just plan it, design it, and build it. Everything right really here, cool. yeah. which is great. One of the things that I actually want to do is from, because now that we rent here, is to try to project something. Ooh. You yeah. know, like now playing, you know, something. You know, as you're driving in, you can't tell that this is a theater no, when you're you coming can't. from this you direction. Can't. You know what I forgot to ask you? Does the building have some kind of historic registry? Uh... So here's the story with that. Okay. When we first started this, like in 99, Tony Connie, yes. from, he said, Chase. don't do it. He said, don't do it yet. Get your renovations done and then go on the registry. Oh. He said, because if you don't do that, if you do it the other way, they'll limit certain things you can they do. They tell you how to do it. Oh. So how I built that pit, they would say no. Oh. Okay. So he was like, there is money and stuff involved, but he said, don't do it yet. Get it done, and then you can How do it interesting. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have submitted some paperwork, but mm-hmm. it's COVID. You know, everything is just kind of Plus, what would the historic thing, what would it, what would it mean to you in terms of... Uh, would it change anything? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. You know, no, no. It, you know, it really wouldn't change anything. Would it allow me different grant opportunities, Maybe. possibly? Maybe. Yeah. 
So, you know, dressing rooms, oh, nice. there's, you know, washer dryer, nice. bathrooms. Is there any is there any technology that's left over from the 1920s? There definitely is some wiring. There's electrical. Sure it is here. Yeah. There is unused, you know, you see, you know, the pipes and stuff that aren't used. This ladder, this goes to the grid. We don't use this anymore. Oh, the clock. I'll bet that clock is original. You know what? It is. And I will tell you, I've had, you know, throughout this process, some people are like, get rid of the clock. We don't need the clock. No. I will tell you, when you're sitting and you're watching a three-hour musical and the <laughs> clock is right there and you're like, I just want to go home. But I will tell you, the feedback, we're like, if we remove this clock, we would get grief behind. Like, we can't lose. For good reason. Yes. That's for good reason. It's here for a reason, so we leave it. <laughs> the brick walls, we, we definitely... 42nd Street is supposed to be backstage. So we're going to show this brick wall. We'll fly up the sure. site and actually use it as our set. That would be nice, yeah. The luxury of having this much wing space. You do some shows downtown and you understand. I know. Like Tavanoki has literally no wing space. This and then there's no fly space. Oh, there's no fly space. So, so everything. But when I do Peter Pan, she's flying up 40 feet. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Like sure. that's, it's a magical oh, yeah. thing. Oh, it's wonderful. So this takes you up to the box seats. Now, this is where that ladder would go mm -hmm. up to where that you can see the shadow of like that brick. Oh, yeah. Now, people ask, do we sell seats up here? We don't. I serve liquor. <laughs> I can't. Enough said. I can't. It's so visually. We just, we just leave it. We put actors up here. Like we'll do something sure. like that. Yeah. But I don't I don't see patrons up here. I just. It's not safe. No, it's that's that's asking for trouble. You can kind of see like like the leg room and stuff now. Like yeah, it, but even the leg room up here is not a, bad. Up here, up here is a little tighter. It's a little tighter yeah. because how the wood, how like the the stringers were built, mm -hmm. we didn't change that layout. It, well, how could it, we, it would have been? Yeah, that would have been like another two hundred fifty thousand oh, dollars easily. It's yeah, not yeah. needed. Well, that's yeah, and that's really because because you're. You pick and choose where you're going to focus. Yeah. It, it's not needed. Yes. So the overall capacity is is what then? 1100. 1100. But as you can also see, there's not a bad seat anywhere. So what I want to do with this is I want to kind of make this a little museum corner. Nice. The mm -hmm. different histories, um, pieces, and stuff that we have. So one project that we're currently working on, I have a grant that is due at the end of August. It's like 20000 not mm -hmm. a, not a, a huge thing. This is where actually we're renovating this into, this is going to be the like the, for the seamstress. Oh, so this is going to be. Costume shop, maybe? Uh, we have a costume area. So we're going to turn, we're actually going to turn this area into a photo studio. Oh, nice. So if we're doing like um, publicity shots, promos, yeah. we could also come up here and film a commercial. Mm -hmm. So put the backdrops and everything like that here to be able to have that. Yep. In here will be sewing machines, this kind of stuff. So this is a, a current project. Mm -hmm. So because we've increased our season, so we typically would do, so I have a show in July. Then I have Pippin in September, Matilda in October, the Christmas show, Great Gatsby in January, Shrek in March, Million Dollar Quartet in April. Wow. And so they're back to back to back. So we're constantly sewing. What was your original? What was it? Five we, shows? Or? We added two shows added this two. season. Mm -hmm. Added two. And we'll see how it goes. We'll live in it this year. We'll see how the stress level, <laughs> see how that, <laughs> see, that what, works. What time the suicidal tendencies start to hit you? <laughs> you know, just like any place, like in Buffalo, COVID has ticket sales, mm -hmm. you know, in, mm -hmm. a, in a funk. Yep, it sure does. So this is a rehearsal space. Beautiful. Yep. So if you, you notice, you're right above the marquee. Mm -hmm. um, you can see, so, you know, we have mirrors on the wall. So just like a dance But studio. you come in here and they, the kids can practice their vocalizing. Vocal and so rehearsals up here. We'll do a choreography rehearsal. This also turns into our theater school camp room. When okay. we do our theater school right. rooms yeah. and stuff. So I can, have a, I can have a show going on on the stage and then rehearsals in here. Mm -hmm. So we're double dutying, you know, things going nice. on. Because, nice. for example... You have so many. I mean, this is a, a, a glorious luxury that you have. You have all of these, all of the space and all of these little nooks and crannies that you can put stuff in. Because I can do this, I can do the costumes, I can do the set, I can do it all on location. Yeah, that's which is a tremendous luxury. It, it's key. But again, it's one of those where you lived through it to learn and know. We have our offices up here. It's a big, big place. It really is. 
Well, Christopher, I think that I think I've got more than enough. I, I love it. It's really beautiful. Thank you. You guys did a great job. Honestly, I didn't expect it to be this spectacular, but I had never been out here beyond what I expected. We call it the gem of the community. It's just a hidden little gem. Well, you know what? That brings up a question that I didn't ask. What kind of an impact has this had on the community, the fact that it is now this showplace? It has changed. We're bringing in people. I will tell you, so like one of these recitals, I walked out the other night and there was nine Range Rovers outside. Wow. So that type of person Again, I talked with all of the local restaurants on a show night of any sort, all they're booked, sure, solid reservations. Course, yeah. You know, starting at four o'clock mm -hmm. early. So you're welcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a good way. So that's where I'm all about community togetherness and collaboration because if I'm successful, you're successful. Right, this is a centerpiece. So let's do a dinner and a show. Let's collaborate together and work on this. But I mean, the community has been just thankful because they don't want to see this closed. No. And I do plenty of events throughout the year that are also free. We'll show a free movie. So then the community can just come in and I'm not... Sure, every now and then you... I'm not <laughs> limiting to just, you know, at Christmas, we show Polar Express, we show Elf, we show those all for free. We do that stuff because not everybody can afford a $35 ticket, right. you know? Okay, Christopher, thank you so much. Absolutely. really thank appreciate you. it. No hurricanes, no floods, an occasional mild tornado, but, you know, a blizzard every 10, 20 years. Oh, never mind. My thanks to Christopher Parada and Lizzie Schratz out there at the Lockport Palace Theater. They're doing a great job. The show I saw, 42nd Street, was just a lot of fun, and the audience went wild. They love their hometown Lockport Theater, and I can't blame them. And speaking of love, I love what's coming up next on the next RLTP Off-Road. It's an interview with Michael Mitnick. Who is Michael Mitnick? He is the playwright of Mysterious Circumstances, the first show on RLTP's 22-23 schedule. <laughs> and I'm in it! I'm looking forward to talking to Michael Mitnick. He's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you in a couple of weeks here on RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. Pomisano.